Hello everyone, and welcome to the Eclectic Xennial. This is Chris, the Eclectic Xennial. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast with your friends and family. I do really appreciate all the feedback that I can get. We are now on eight different platforms, including Stitcher and Anchor and Spotify and a bunch of others. But if those aren't on your normal use list, please let me know and I will endeavor to add your particular desired platform to our podcast setup. Lastly, if you would like to get in contact with me, please go to anchor.fm backslash eclectic and leave me a message. I would love to hear from you and I would love to incorporate those into the podcast. That would be great. So let's hear from a sponsor real quick and then we'll get on to today's show. Hey y'all. I finally figured out what I wanted to talk about in February. Now, originally I was going to start and talk about, you know, February's Valentine's Day month. So I was going to talk about things I love and things um, in, in that sort of realm. And I was kind of kicking that around for a while. And then, of course, it hit me like a ton of bricks that that's frivolous. And, and I'm, I'm going to put that aside for the moment and instead focus on what another thing that this month has, which is it's Black History Month. And probably the number one reason I didn't think of that first is because I'm not black. I'm, I'm got a Polish heritage. So that is, that is where, you know, Black History Month didn't occur to me from the get-go. But when it did, I thought, this is great. This is a this is what us white people who want to be advocates should do. Because American history is not just white. It, it is every race and ethnicity and gender that exists in this society. And we can celebrate our own, which is all fine and good. I will, you know, celebrate being Polish lots, as well as French and German and all those other places that my, my family's come from. But I think it's also very important to celebrate people who are different than us. So each week this month, I'm going to pick somebody that I've heard about that I don't think most people have heard about and or if they have, um, maybe it's just somebody that I really, really like and tell you a little bit about them and hope that you learn something new that you may or may not have or that you didn't know before. So I'm going to start with one that probably would not be obvious to most Caucasian Americans. And her name is Madam C.J. Walker. Now, I'm sure I heard about her via a, a history podcast. Uh, 
Um, so if you are looking for history podcasts, there's a great one called um, Stuff You Missed in History Class. Spectacular. They've got years of archives if you, you want to dive back through them. But they tell the stories in such a way that they're really extraordinarily interesting. So I'm 99% sure this is where I heard about Madam C.J. Walker before. So Madam C.J. Walker, her first name is actually Sarah. The C.J. is actually her last husband, her third husband's name. Um, so it's basically Madam Charles Joseph Walker. But she was born Sarah Breedlove. She was born in December of, of 1867. She died in May of 1919. She is most well known for being recorded by the Guinness Book of World Records as the first black female self-made millionaire in America. And so if, if the name CJ Walker is starting to click some bells potentially for y'all, it's because of the hair care and co cosmetic products that she founded this business and sold. So it's really interesting. So she was born, like I said, in 1867. So we are talking right after the Civil War, right during the Civil War, right in that time frame. Her parents both were born enslaved. She had multiple siblings, six. She was a one of six children. And her older siblings were actually born enslaved. And Sarah was the first child in her family to be born after the Emancipation Proclamation. So she was the first one to be born as a free citizen. So I find that very interesting. Uh, just we don't think about all those things from, from, you know, our 2021 mindset. When she was born in Louisiana, which of course, you know, I love Louisiana. So that was maybe why I was drawn to Madam CJ Walker, but she, um, you know, had a rough life as far as her childhood. Her mother died, uh, when she was young, um, she moved around um, to Mississippi and lived with her, her in-laws, um, worked as a child servant. Yeah, not, not a, not a happy, happy childhood. Um, she's, it's said that she's only had about three months of formal education. If you really think about learning literacy in Sunday school. By age 14, Sarah was married to Moses McWilliams. And she did that to escape her brother-in-law who was abusive. Sarah and Moses had one daughter and I'm going to probably mispronounce it, but it's Aaliyah, I believe it's a apostrophe. L-E-L-I-A. So if I'm destroying that, please, I'm sorry. 
Um, but I'm going to say it as Aaliyah, for lack of a better pronunciation. Moses eventually died, um, leaving Sarah and her, Sarah widowed and her daughter orphaned. Sarah remarried a few years later. Uh, and then sometime later after that, she moved to Miss, uh, St. Louis, Missouri and got married again, this time to Charles Walker, Charles Joseph Walker. And this is where she became Mrs. C.J. Walker. Now, while she was in St. Louis, she started out as a laundress. She was making barely a dollar a day. And she found that she, as with many women at the time, because of the harsh uh, soaps and, and the like for, for cleaning yourself for hygiene, um, many women of that era su suffered from severe dandruff, and especially black women, because they didn't have the right um, hair care products to take care of their, their hair, being that it's different than, than white people's hair. And so a lot of black women suffered from dandruff and baldness and other skin disorders. So at some point, she started learning about um, hair care products and, and, and how to take care of skin, actually from her brothers who were living in St. Louis, because they happened to be barbers. And so she, she got her start in understanding this, this area of, of hygiene, but also as well as a business from her brothers. Right around the time of the World's Fair in St. Louis in 1904, she became a, a salesperson for Annie Malone, who had a hair care um, product line. And at the exposition, she didn't really sell much. Um, pretty much because it wasn't really uh, geared towards the African-American community. But while she worked for Malone, she learned a lot. She learned, you know, the right chemicals, the right processes, and all these other things. But then she took it a step further and developed her own product line. So by the time she was 37, Sarah and her daughter both moved to Denver, and they, you know, were still working for Malone, but they were making their own stuff on the side. And at some point she broke her, her relationship with Malone and was starting to run her own business. Now, Mr. Walker, Mr. Charles Walker was and was a, uh, a, a marketing guy. And so this is where her understanding of the, the product itself and her husband's understanding of how to, to market it and sell it was, you know, a match made in heaven as far as that goes. So at this point, she marketed herself as an independent hairdresser and a retailer of cosmetic creams. 
And because of the time frame, you know, the early 1900s, actually the year my grandfather was born, 1906, the, uh, you know, everybody wanted that French aspect of, of um, you know, beauty things came from France. So she adopted the name Madame. So this is where she became Madame C.J. Madame C.J. Walker. So at this point, she is selling her products door to door and she is teaching black women how to groom and style their hair. She puts her daughter in charge of the mail order operation in Denver. And then she and her husband go to Pennsylvania to actually expand the business. They open up a beauty parlor. They open up a, a college essentially to train her culturists as they called her, called them. And at some point, you know, she was, you know, making all these entrepreneurial programs as well as, you know, how to, how to train people, how to, you know, work on, on black hair and, and, and different hygiene that way. So she, she had opened up doors that were previously closed to a lot of women. And that was, you know, like I said, this is early 1900s where we're still talking before, you know, the before 1910 here. And like I said, she, and this was in Pittsburgh. Then she also, she moved then to Indianapolis. Um, and they also established an office in New York and a beauty salon there in Harlem. So there's, you know, this woman who started off as the first child to be born free from a family that was enslaved is now got her own business. She's got multiple offices around the US. She is training women to to sell her products, but also how to be entrepreneurs. She is just, you know, skyrocketing into this wonderful um, figure and, and, you know, for a woman to do this in the early 1900s was just phenomenal. So like I said, we go through a lot more of, of you know, some of the different sales and, or, and grooming techniques and, and whatnot, but she really started something new and, you know, going to back a little or going a little bit further into the future, during 1917, she held a conference in Philadelphia of, you know, a lot of these women who were working for her um, as, as sales agents and beauty consultants and, and, all, and the like. And about 200 of them showed up in, in Philadelphia that summer. And the conference is believed to have been the, among the first national gatherings of women entrepreneurs to discuss business and commerce. I mean, she was just a, an amazing woman. And you can still Google her, her to look for her products. Now there's a company I think that's now making those products under her name um, with the blessing of the, the family sort of thing. Um, but in addition to all of her, her business acumen. She also was heavily involved in, in philanthropy. Um, she 
she has a couple sites that that she donated funds to that are on National Historic Registers. Um, she helped out with her local YMCA's. Um, you know, contributed scholarships to the Tux- Tuskegee Institute. Uh, it's just, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on um, of all the wonderful things she did. But so she raised herself up, but she also raised up so many around her. And I think it's one of those names, like I said, I, I had a faint inkling who C.J. Walker was and didn't know much else about it. And then, like I said, I, I, I'm sure it was the story I heard on, on Stuff You Missed in History class that just opened my eyes to how wonderful and amazing this woman was. There are books and plays and movies and the like that are available if you want to catch a catch a quick rundown in, in more dramatic fashion, of course. Uh, there's... Um, Let's see, there's a Madam Walker's featured in Stanley Nelson's 1987 documentary, Two Dollars in a Dream. Um, there's also, she's also featured in um, Bear Max 2019 documentary, No Lie, an American Beauty Story. And lie is spelled like L-Y-E, as in the uh, harsh chemicals people used to use to straighten their hair. So like I said, she's pretty amazing and maybe someone you might not have heard of, but she's pretty, pretty awesome. And if you're a stamp collector, there's a a postage stamp from uh, the late 90s, I believe, that you can see is part of the uh, Black Heritage series. But that's my quick rundown of Madam C.J. Walker. I think it's, you know, important to to celebrate those who were trailblazers and, and this woman was, you know, like I said, to be, you know, a daughter of former former enslaved people and to go to that to being known as Guinness Guinness's first um, millionaire black woman millionaire and she did all that by the time you know she she passed in 1919 so before the stock market crashed let's put it that way that's that's pretty amazing and you know she didn't do it by you know being a hoarder and, and keeping all that wealth to herself but she helped so many other people along the way which I think we all can uh we can all appreciate. So if you want to check out the products that are, are based on, on her legacy, um, Sundial Brands is the, the company that has the, uh, the products launched with, um, CJ Walker's, you know, family's blessings essentially and it's supposed to be at Sephora if you're you're interested and especially if you are not Caucasian like I am and potentially um are are of African descent 
or you know black heritage that you know you're looking for the right products you you may just want to check those out or at least you know give a little little praise to the woman who probably did a lot for that that line of of products so anyway that's all i'm going to talk about today i've got a couple more folks i want to talk about this month um a lot of them tend to be uh blues artists because i love the blues and if you're not familiar with these folks I mean, beyond B.B. King, we all love B.B. King, but there are some others that you may or may not have heard of that think deserve some spotlight too. So that's it for this week. Thanks so much. Again, please rate, review, subscribe. And if you have any comments or suggestions, please let me know. Um, I barely got this idea for February. So I'm always looking ahead for ideas for, for March. If you have a theme idea, I'd love to hear it. Um, but other than that, this is Chris, the Eclectic Xenial. Stay safe, stay well, wear your mask, stay home as possible, watch the Super Bowl at home. And until next time, I'll see you later. Bye y'all.